Dokkang Gamer Episode 3. In this episode, we'll be talking about Little Big Planet, Dead Space, and the games this fall. So hi everybody, I'm back um, after like a four-week hiatus or something, so I would like to apologize to everybody for not having shown up for a very, very long time, but you know, I've just been a little busy, or part of it's also that, you know, there weren't that many games I'd wanted to talk about, but then now that we're in fall season, everybody knows that, you know, all, all the games will be just coming in and... You know, we'll be flooded with all these games. And that's why I decided to make a podcast now. Um, actually, a friend of mine texted me telling me if I had stopped doing Dokkan Gamer or anything. And I, and I told her, no, 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 I, have, I haven't, fit, uh, I just haven't had much time to do it. Um, okay, I might be excusing myself, but, you know, uh, suffice it to say, I just wasn't able to, um, I guess, muster up the the motivation to actually make another podcast because quite honestly after the last one i didn't have much to talk about but then right now thankfully there are a lot of games out and i would like to talk about a lot of them actually um I had to stop myself to be honest from talking about too many games and limited myself to just two and then cheated my way into saying i want to talk about all the fall games coming out so anyway um, so again, I apologize, but I am back. I will try to do an episode every week just to, you know, discipline myself and everything. Because I really do enjoy doing the podcast um, despite not having anybody to talk to. Although I did talk to a few friends and I invited them over and hopefully at least a couple of them will be um, showing themselves in a future episode, hopefully in the next one. So, okay, um, up to, uh, let's go to highest score. So, as you well know, highest score is basically the review section of the podcast. Um, just as a refresher, um, it really is, you know, um, the games I talk about in this segment aren't games I've actually bought or have actually played. Um, they are games that um, have been released and have been reviewed by a lot of online websites or what have yous and basically at the end of this segment um i just answered the question of whether or not i will buy that game so this week in highest score i'd like to talk about little big planet so you know just to get it out of the way little big planet is the game i've been looking forward to all year if not for the past two years um it is what prompted me to buy a ps3 and um you know, um, so, well, my mom left for the States a couple of months ago, and I had her pick up PS3 for me. Of course, I paid for it and everything, but, you know, um, it's really just how things go here in the Philippines. Um, when somebody goes to the States or is coming home from the States, we usually ask them to pick up our games, to pick up our consoles most especially, because consoles here just easily, easily cost, like, 50% more. Um, just a few thousand pesos more, or in which case, like a few couple of dozen dollars more. And, you know, to us, um, in a third world country, it's just a lot more money than we're really wishing to dish, dish out. Dish out. 
Um, so that being said, Little Big Planet is my system seller for the PS3. A lot of people have given it a lot, given the PS3 a lot of flack. It still hasn't really, um, you know, I guess met expectations. I guess that's the best way of putting it. But like I said, my first podcast, I really do think that's a PS3's year um, year this year, just because you know. For me, what game is coming out in the Xbox that isn't coming out for the PS3? Um, off the top of my head, that's Fable 2 and Gears of War 2. Now, I, while I do, I, while I did enjoy Gears of War 1, you know, I just don't feel like coming back to it at all because there is just no replayability to it. Fine, I mean, multiplayer, fine, fine. But then I'm not much of a multiplayer player myself. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, and I'm sure Gears of War 2 will be very, very enjoyable as well. But, you know, I just don't see myself really diving into it again. I will play it, probably, you know. Um, hope, uh, I probably won't be getting a 360 anytime soon. But if they will be releasing it for the PC, which Cliff Belinsky... Belinsky, did I say that right? Cliffy B, fine. Cliffy B mentioned that they will not... Um, release it for the PC because, yeah, quite honestly, I played the PC version of Gears of War 1 and it was a little bit clunky. The controls were kind of iffy and weird. Um, and the additional level wasn't really all that special. The Brewmax thing was alright at best. But, you know, additional content is still additional content, so that's why I played it over again for the third time. I think I finished it for the third time. But that being said, you know, um, Gears of War is good. But it's not something I keep jumping up and down and really, really looking forward to actually playing. Now, Fable 2, on the other hand, is something interesting for me because I never really um, paid much attention to the first one. It's one of those games that promised a lot. Kind of like Spore, actually, but, you know, never really delivering. Now, the reason why I would prefer Spore, why well, I bought Spore, and I've actually been enjoying it, um, but, you know, I'm still kind of hesitating to buy Fable 2 or not, is because... You know, um, Will Wright has a huge, um, what do you call this, um, history of really, really good games. I've enjoyed his games a lot, Sims and SimCity alike. But, you know, Fable 2, it's just something I never really got to, um, I, I don't know, really playing or any... I mean, you know, Fable, since it didn't come from, you know, there's not much history to um, the developer other than Fable and doing these kinds of games, then I guess I wasn't really all that excited. Although, since it has been getting a lot of, you know, praise and really, really good reviews, that it's Fable 2 is actually what Fable promised to be in the first incarnation, then, you know, um, it definitely has caught my interest. But then again, it won't sell a P uh, an Xbox 360 to me. So if ever they do come out with a PC version, uh, then I'll be more than happy to... To try that out. Um, so anyway, yeah, um, Little Big Planet, you know, is huge, huge for me, and Metal Gear Solid Four is also very, very huge. So definitely, those two games trump Fable Two and Gears of War any day, any day, definitely. Um, as for the other games, what Rock Band, Guitar Hero, they're all coming out on all this, all the viable systems anyway. So um, that's another thing. But yeah, definitely Metal Gear 4 and Little Big Planet are very, very must-have games for me. And they're only coming out, as far as I know, for the PS3, and that's why I'm getting a PS3. 
So Little Big Planet, yeah. Well, you know, um, it, definitely, I would like to say from the very start that it's not a game for everybody. Most definitely, um, Little Big Planet really is sort of how should I put it? A modernist game, maybe somebody who is interested in making their own games will enjoy this game. And why then will I enjoy it? Because you know, I'm pretty much an aspiring game designer myself, and you know, I love games so much and really do want to get into them deeper. You know, I don't want to just limit myself to just playing games, although I enjoy that very, very much and would like to just keep playing games for for the rest of my life. But quite honestly, I, I, I do need to, to earn some money and who doesn't? And, you know, just making games will be able to, you know, um, uh, will be able to feed me, basically, but put some food on the table, right? Um, so fine, I mean, there is pro-gaming and everything, but seriously, it's not really a career choice for me. I mean, you know, uh, for how long can you be a professional gamer anyway? By the time you reach your 30s or whatever, your reflexes aren't going to be that fast anymore, and you basically have no job anymore. So, but then again, if you keep making games, um, and that's definitely a viable career path for you. Um, I haven't mentioned this yet, but yeah, um, I'm actually a 3D modeler, a 3D designer, a 3D artist, whatever you want to put it. I mean, I'm not particularly good. I mean, you know, of course not. I mean, I'm, I think I'm good, but I'm definitely not one of the best yet. Um, I am doing a lot of things. I mean, trying to improve my portfolio on the side and everything. And, you know, I'm not one to really toot my own horn or anything. That's why, you know, I'd say I'm, I'm not that good yet. But, you know, I'm definitely passable. I do want to apply for really, really good studios like, say, Media Molecule or whatever. Um, Valve, Insomniac, and all these other smaller studios that I really, really highly respect and everything. But, you know, at the end of the day, if I really am going to be in the video game industry, and I am right now, actually, I'm transitioning to another company um, quite soon. Um, the company of, and, you know, it, it's an international company. I'm really, really happy to make the move, but, you know, I'll, I'll keep that company's name anonymous. But, you know, um, I've been given the opportunity to become a game designer for this company coming from a 3D artist position, and I really do think that I should take the plunge and just do game design. Um, because, you know, um, it really is basically the job to have in the video game industry. Like, um, it's really where, you know, people who are known in the industry flourish, basically. Um, like Miyamoto, um, Cliffy B, um, David Jaffe, Will Wright. Um, all of these guys are basically game designers, and while the, I'm not trying to undermine the 3D artist's job, but it's just that really, I mean, you know, a 3D artist can exist in other industries, whereas a game designer can only exist in the game design in the, uh, in the game industry. So I guess that's where all the novelty of the of the position comes from. And you know, while it does kind of reduce my mobility in a way, if I do decide to just become a game designer, I'm basically a game designer for life. I mean, you know, I can't just go to um, the movie industry and say, hey, you know, I've had all this experience in game design and, you know, hire me as a game designer. That's kind of strange. But, you know, if I were a 3D artist, then, you know, I would have that mobility. I could actually even go to production, I mean, movies, commercials, advertising, whatever, or video games even. 
are, you know, there's definitely more mobility as an artist, but, you know, as somebody who loves video games and everything, then I would really, you know, like to become a game designer. Um, it's that, you know, it's a skill that you can only really take advantage when you're in the industry, and that's why I really want to take that opportunity and become a game designer. That said, I'm not planning to leave my um, 3D um, either. Um, what do you call this? Um, because it's just really, really fun to do some 3D. You know, um, I've always been a fan of being able to create something from scratch. Um, as a kid, I've always... Uh, dreamed and of becoming an inventor, although that you know it, it's being an inventor it just doesn't seem like even to this day you know a very very viable career path either, especially here in the Philippines, wherein you know people you know grants that are given to scientists or inventors or engineers or something like that don't really exist that much, or at least you know they're lesser known in the Philippines. So I guess that just faded away. You know, the dream of becoming an inventor just faded away as it became older. But, you know, um, definitely being able to create um, stuff, even if it is digital, is the appeal for me in making, uh, in doing 3D design. Um, so, you know, I, I just keep practicing that on the side. Although, you know, it, it's it's kind of cool to mix things up, being like... Um, Turn mincemeat, you basically are a game designer, and at home, you know, just to take a break from all that game design and everything, then you, you're able to create some um, some 3D assets, some characters. In my case, I would really, really love to be a character designer and everything, character modeler. Um, but, you know, um, so there, basically, that's it. And going back, sorry for the lengthy digression, that is why I would like to buy Little Big Planet, and that why I have been excited for this game for the past two years, or ever since it was announced way, way back in 2006, I believe. Um, it really is that passion for me to create, and more so, that passion for me to be able to contribute to the video game industry. Um, not only that, I mean, you know, um, whereas, yeah, Little Big Planet is basically this uber, uber, V-level editor to end all level editors, right? Very, very intuitive, very, very simple, and yet the engine itself that drives all these elements is definitely really, really, really powerful. Um, it doesn't just end there. Basically, being, a, being part of this community of people who would like to make games themselves or, you know, enjoy the independent feel, quote-unquote, you know, I use independent in the sense that, you know, it's kind of like um, what making a level in the Little Big Planet is kind of like, in my mind at least, people who make independent films or short films on their spare time, things that they really want people to see. And, you know, it's basically just them doing things that they're passionate about um, without really thinking about, you know, the audience that, you know, their product will reach. But, you know, Little Big Planet just takes that a step up and basically makes all these independent um, games available to a huge, huge audience who all who can all play this game and who can even play this game together. So, you know, um, it's kind of all that, um, that it's really how Little Big Planet speaks to the community of gamers these days, that gamers who want to take their video, their video game playing to the next level. 
that's what the audience of Little Big Planet is. And I personally am one of those people and really, really do appreciate Media Molecule's um, um, attempts or, you know, their, their passion and really bringing this game out. And quite honestly, you know, I believe Media Molecule is composed of just like 26 people and I'm completely blown away and amazed at how, you know, polished a game and how unique a game just these 26 people were able to do and you know um kudos to them thank you thank you guys and you know uh really really i think little big planet is going to open a lot of doors for me and hopefully for a lot of people you know if only to just meet people who are like-minded you know um i might have mentioned it in a previous podcast but really um there's nothing more satisfying to me as a gamer than meeting like people and, you know, it's just not people who just play games. No, I'm, I'm looking for people who really, really love video games and who love the industry and, you know, um, don't end in just playing a game they like. People who really want to give certain games, games that try to do things differently, a chance. Um, you know, games like Spore, games like yeah, Little Big Planet. You know, um, games like probably Metal Gear and everything. Games that, you know, really did try to do something different, but luckily were able to, um, you know, gain a lot of market share or what. Um, you know, uh, games I'm talking about really are like Psychonauts, like Indigo Prophecy. I myself, I'm guilty of not being having played these games, although I have played the first level of, of Psychonauts. I mean, these are the games that people should really play, and the people who would like to play the game, these games or have played these games and have appreciated these games are the people who I consider to be like-minded people to me. I mean, ha- it's a little bit of a cop-out, but, you know, one of the reasons why I wasn't ab- haven't been able to play all these games is because, you know, it's simply too expensive. I mean, Psychonauts, if ever I do find it here in the Philippines, would probably still cost me, like, 2,000 pesos, or that would be somewhat the equivalent of $40 for a game that's been that's really, really old and everything. So, you know, it's kind of a bad deal. Um, although I did have a hard time trying to find it last year when I was in the States. So, you know, um, Indigo Prophecy, though, at, uh, at least I think that's a game some I'll be picking up before Christmas or if not shortly after Christmas because it only it's only worth, what, around, I don't know, um, $15 here in the Philippines for the PC version. Or is there even another version of it but anyway but um point is you know these are the people the people who like to experiment with games the people who appreciate games that try to move the the industry forward are the people i want to meet and i think the people who will buy little big planet and will keep playing it for months on end for years even are the people i would like to connect with and i'm really really excited about that fact more than the game itself more than really what the game stands for or, or is able to do more than the fact that it's this incredible tool set that is given to you. I'm really, really excited by the fact that I will be meeting all these people who really, really enjoy video games, hopefully as much as I do, you know, in that same level, in, in as deep a level as I enjoy games. I hope to find people who, you know, appreciate games to that level as well. Um, you know, hopefully too, that will also improve my game design skills, at least for the platformer. 
for a platformer at least, or you know, there might be tools in Little Big Planet that'll allow you to make non-platformer games. You know, you never know. I'm, I've never played the game, like I said, but you know, I've seen the videos and I've seen just how people really, really enjoy it. And you know, it's really also that process of creating that excites me about this game. So, oh yeah, um, I think just you know, uh, just to be safe about things, I played. A sound clip before this this segment, yeah, that is from Little Big Planet. Just want to get that out, um, lest I be confronted with copyright issues or anything. But you know, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful game. Definitely a buy for me. Definitely, definitely, definitely a buy. I mean, you know, I spent basically four hundred fifty dollars on this game itself because I had to buy a PS3 for it, and you know, definitely a system seller for me. Even if Little Big Planet came out and was cost like a hundred bucks, I definitely will go out and just buy it, you know. I think it's just going to be this huge, huge game and kudos again to Media Molecule for coming out with such a beautiful game and hopefully we'll see more games like this in the future. Games that really push a genre forward. Uh, not genre, um, really push the industry forward, really push how we think about video games forward and who really understand you know, gamers themselves that you know gamers can be more than just a source of income for the company that gamers can contribute to the industry as well you know it's really just amazing and i can't say enough good things about this game pick it up because i definitely will it's actually been out i've actually seen copies of it already the um in some local stores the copies that were supposed to be released you know the things that I'm sure, um, you know, I, I don't want to ruffle any feathers or just sound racist or something. Um, I think it has a Muslim music or Islamic music that was somewhat screwed up. I'm the, I don't know the de- details or anything, but suffice it to say, I think it was very, very offensive to um, a certain religious group. And, you know, that's why they had to kind of change it up a little bit. But, you know, it's out definitely here in the Philippines. It costs around 4,000 pesos, which would translate roughly to, I don't know, 90, no, maybe 80, 90 dollars, give or take. And, you know, that's just too much for me. Um, Hopefully, I will be getting the Asian release, which would probably reduce the price by a, a thousand bucks. But, you know, again, suffice it to say... Like I said earlier, even if the game costs on $100, I would buy it. But, you know, if there is a possibility of it being less than that, then definitely I'll, I'll buy that game. Uh, I'll buy that version of it. So, again, Little Living Planet, amazing, amazing game. Pick it up, and let's move on. So actually, before I move on to the next segment, um, I really want to give some more praise for Little Big Planet. I mean, I know I talked about it in length already, but you know, I just can't say enough good things about this game. Um, even the art design itself is really, really good. It's really, really simple, which I like, but really, really good, good art direction, which really carries the game through. Um, even technically, it looks beautiful still. The physics engine is pretty good. I mean, people... I've been complaining about how sort of um, floating the controls are, but, you know, nothing a patch can't can't fix or anything. But, you know, Sackboy is really, really an amazing um, 
amazing, amazing um, mascot, and hopefully Sony can pick him up. Um, oh, and another thing, you know, being able to design your Sackboy is so, so cool. And I really do think, you know, coming from my 3D background, that um, Little Big Planet will allow you to bring in models of your own. I mean, I know it allows you to bring in textures, like from your... Um, the, 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 what do you call it? The camera? The I forgot what you call it, but that camera thing, you know, allows you to take in textures. Hopefully, they'll allow you to put in textures through the USB um, or memory card readers and everything, or even your own models and everything, because that would be amazing, really. I mean, it'll really just take the whole level design thing to a different level. Um, especially for people who can do 3D or can do modeling modeling and everything, and hopefully you can even skin Sackboy. Although, you know, the costumes of Sackboy are already really, are, are already a really good feature of it already. So, you know, um, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, next segment is Game Over, where I talk about games that I'm in the process of finishing or I have just that, you know, I've just stopped playing and I'm done with it. And, you know, it, it, games that weren't really just as good as I had hoped them to be. So this week I'm talking about Dead Space. So um, I actually wanted to talk about this game in the highest score segment, but I just couldn't really stop myself from getting a copy last Sunday. I was supposed to get um, Dead Space for the PS3, um, seeing how cheap um, the Asian version of the game was. It was just 2,100 pesos, which would roughly translate to around $40, $50. So, you know, definitely cheaper than the 60 bucks you'll need to dish, dish, out, dish out for the PS3 version. But, you know, when I saw the PC version of the game, which only cost like 1,400 pesos or roughly the equivalent of $30, I mean, you know, I was just all over it immediately. I mean, have to have that game. I've been looking forward to this game for quite some time already, although not as much as Little Big Planet, but it's something you know that I think people might completely, you know, just blow over them. It's one of those games that wasn't really very, very much marketed, and only the people like me who really um, keep up with video game news would actually know this game. I mean, Dead Space, Mirror's Edge. Um, these are some games that you know. Only people who really keep up with the news of video games would actually really know. And, you know, um, thankfully I'm one of them because Dead Space is an amazing, amazing game. Um, I've actually been playing it pretty much nonstop. It's been grabbing my time away from, you know, updating my portfolio. And, you know, I've played through 10 chapters already. I believe there are only 12. And, you know, it's just such a cool game. I mean, People have been complaining that the PC version has weird, mushy controls. I definitely felt that at first. The mouse seemed not that precise. It was floating, sort of, um, especially at the start in the menu screen. I really could feel that because, you know, it, the mouse didn't move as it would on Windows or on your desktop. It was somewhat floaty, you know, kind of, like, um, dragging along. But, you know, um, just... I just got the hang of it quite quickly, and, you know, I still think, yes, it is a third-person shooter, but really, it's an FPS. Um, you know, to me, FPSs should be played on the PC, um, with the exception of Gears of 1, 
Gears of War 1, which really just gave me a headache. I mean, I don't know why. It's probably the shaky camera or whatever, but it really just uh, made me really dizzy a lot of times. Uh, I had to stop playing the game multiple times because it just gave me a headache. I mean, it seemed that the mouse controls were too all over the place. I mean, it just was weird, funky, and everything. And maybe that's why they don't want to make Gears of War 2 for the PC anymore, because it was just riddled with weird problems and, you know, crazy bugs. Um, But yeah, um, so I actually don't know how much of a priority it was for EA to release a PC version of this game. But definitely, I'm so, so happy with it. I mean, thankfully, I have a really, really beefed-up rig, and I could handle... Um, the game pretty well, um, everything in its highest setting, and it ran like a freaking dream. Um, it was really, really good. I mean, I'm very, very happy with the game, and the thing is, when it was first announced, it was a pretty bad title, kind of like Resident Evil, you know? Apparently all these um, survival horror things that are you know, are good, but have really bad titles, except for Silent Hill, I guess. I mean, Fatal Frame, have very, very weird titles. I mean, you know. But then again, of course, it turns into a household game, especially Resident Evil, which I would have preferred if they just maintained Biohazard instead of the Japanese name. Um, but, you know, Dead Space, as, you know, the months went on, I got used to it, so did everybody else. And it's a really, really cool game. I mean... Um, a lot of people didn't give it much credit or what, but I certainly paid much attention to it every time they came out with the animated comic and everything. I was there, I was watching it. You know, I wasn't really expecting many, many things from this game simply because it was, you know, sort of... Um, it wasn't. It's not a major release, definitely. It's not one of those things that you'd harp on, kind of like... Call of Duty or Gears of War or Little Big Planner. It's not one of those. It's one of those games that are lesser known. But the thing is, it's an amazing game. I think they should come out with Dead Space 2, definitely. And even the character design to me is freaking amazing. I mean, fine, the monsters are kind of trite, kind of tired already, you know, with the crazy tentacle, with the crazy um, scimitar-like... Uh, so, sorry, sight-like um, limbs and everything, and the kind of deteriorating human flesh thing. Although it's creepy, definitely. Um, you know, uh, but, you know, the character design that I'm really talking about is more of Isaac. Isaac the, the main character is character design is really, really amazing. I mean, the suit for me is sort of reminiscent of Big Daddy's in Bioshock, and I love the design of um, the Big Daddies. Although this one, I think, is even better, because the thing is with Big Daddies, they're kind of hulky, and, you know, um, they're fantastic creatures, basically. Um, they're larger than life. They're not supposed to be realistic, so a lot of it is exaggerated and everything. Um, it's very, very stylized, and that's why it's really, really amazing, right? But um, with Isaac, it's a really, really good period. I mean, it's a realistic um, rendition of a minor. I think it's very, very fitting for a minor to look that way. And, you know, the armor plating and the, the whole skeletal look, the bony kind of look thing just really, really works very, very well. And, you know, why am I so fixated in this? Because, you know, a lot of people don't seem to give it that much credit because I really, really do think, and, you know, people are going to curse me for this or going to crucify me for this, that, you know, it's a better design than Kratos from God of War or even Master Chief from Halo because those designs just 
aren't don't have staying power for me. Um, they it's just a normal you know bald guy with some crazy war paint, red war paint on him, and Master Chief is basically just another rendition of a space marine. And you know it's all been done before. I mean, fine. Uh, um, what do you call it? The Chaos Blades, was it? From for Kratos are very, very well designed. Fine. I give you that. But, you know, the design of the character itself. He looks like a freaking barbarian from Age of Conan or something, right? I mean, not much charisma or anything. Um, and, you know, um, what do you call this? Uh, Master Chief is another thing. I mean, that's even worse for me. Because he just looks like a generic... Space Marine, there's nothing special at all about him. But I guess that's part of the appeal because he just seems like every other, you know, soldier. And, you know, I guess that's what makes him special. But, you know, um, with Isaac from Dead Space, it really reminds me of character design like Gordon Freeman. But I still think it's way better because, you know, just much like Gordon Freeman, Isaac doesn't talk you're just spoken to, and, you know, that's part of the appeal, kind of like the appeal of Master Chief in that you don't know who he is and what he looks like. The appeal of Isaac and Gordon Freeman is that, you know, um, he doesn't really talk. So it's really, you feel like, you feel more connected to the character because you, yourself, as the gamer, cannot talk to these characters, right? And once your character talks to these people in the game, then you kind of take, you know, take yourself out of the whole illusion of being that person. But, if you don't talk in the game, then, you know, for me at least, um, it increases that attachment you have to the protagonist, to the character you're playing. Um, but, you know, Gordon Freeman is appealing because he's this, this you know, um, scientist dude who kicks butt, right, basically. But in terms of character design, I really have to give Dead Space kudos, and it's really, really good. Um, it made the game for me, quite honestly, because just the design of Isaac and the mining suit was enough to carry the whole artistic design, the whole, you know, graphics of the game itself. Um, like I mentioned earlier, the monsters, you know, weren't that spectacular for me. I mean, they're very Resident Evil-ish in the sense that, you know, all these crazy monsters have been done before or what. Um, you know, they, they scurry around and everything. But that said, um, Isaac shows you some insight into the the team that made the game and just how really, you know, good they are in designing things. And the levels themselves are very, very well done. Uh, I mean, you know, as a 3D artist, I can't appreciate just how well done all the assets are. And how, you know, um, you know, I have some qualms about the animation, just how the bodies move at times. But, you know, it's not a deal-breaker at all. It's just me nitpicking an otherwise very, very perfectly done visually game. So, you know, um, I can't wait to actually finish this game. And it really gives me this vibe of Resident Evil in that, you know, it's survival horror. It's kind of creepy and everything. Although it's not scary. It's not horror for me. You know, Resident Evil. Maybe I'm just desensitized or something. But, you know, games like this, Resident Evil and Dead Space, are not horror films. They don't really scare you, but they shock you. They, they you know, it's more of suspense thriller. They, it's really about timing and, you know, sound effects going going crazy and... and at times that you don't expect them to, and really just playing with your mind and everything. Although I have, you know, 
caught myself looking back um, every now and then. Kind of creepy sound. And, you know, that's just really a testament to how well the game is made. As for something really, really horrific or something that, you know, after playing, you basically can't go to the bathroom by yourself. It's nothing like that, you know. Um, it's just creepy as you play it, and especially how they did this animation and some of the monsters that they, you know, it's kind of like the Sadako thing um, from Ring, um, where it's kind of the the movements of the monsters are very abrupt. It's kind of like they skip frames. They the, the 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 limbs and the arms and even the whole monster itself they flicker somewhat. You know, um, that is very very creepy and it's very very well done in that space. And of course the. Like I mentioned earlier, the sound design of this game is really, really cool, too. I mean, all the ambient effects are so freaking amazing. And, you know, the, even the, the weapons are done very well. I personally am a fan of, you know, just the most basic weapons. And, you know, I really appreciate how this game um, really feels like Resident Evil in that, you know, the most basic weapons you have from the very start are still the weapons you actually use until the very end. And I'm still actually using my pulse rifle until now. Or was it pulse gun? Or whichever, right? Um, and I really, really appreciate that. It's kind of like how Blizzard does its RTSs um, that, you know, even the most basic units, the ones you start off with, are still very useful to the very end. And I really, really appreciate games that do that. It gives you more of a choice. It gives you some sort of non-linearity, at least in your weapons, right? I mean, of course, the games will definitely be linear. I mean, even Fable is sort of linear, if you want to make it linear. This game is definitely not even um, sporting any kind of sandboxiness to it. But, you know, it's nice to mix it up with choice for the player, at least in the way... They use their items, their weapons, or what have you, right? And, you know, again, the Resident Evil 4 vibe is very, very alive in this game in that you're able to upgrade all your weapons. So, you know, um, that, to me, is one of the best things about Resident Evil 4. And the fact that Dead Space took that into this game is a very, very smart move. And it doesn't feel at all stolen from Resident Evil. And, you know, that's a really, really good part about it. You know, the thing is, this game... I think it benefited from the lack of marketing, the lack of, you know, really just putting it out there and really marketing hardcore. Because if it was marketed hardcore, then, you know, it might be in danger of being called, you know, a copycat or whatever of Resident Evil. Because it does share a lot of elements from other survival horror games. Although it is an FPS and, you know, definitely targeting in this game is so, so much easier. And you can basically move while shooting, so which is not RE4. Which, you know, actually makes the game a lot easier to play. And the fact that whenever you die, you just basically start from a very, very nearby save point. I mean, all of this put together just makes a very, very fun game. And I think Dead Space, to me, is a very, very fun game, at the very least. And, you know, it's a fun game that will not reach, you know, um, crazy status like Grand Theft Auto, Years of War, Metal Gear. Nothing like that, definitely. But it's one of those games that I would highly recommend for everybody because it's a game that is just very, very well designed. Um, and at the end of the day, it's really, it really just comes to that, right? It's really just game design that sells a game. 
and you know it's pretty cheap i mean for any filipino out there who wants a cheap game this christmas i definitely would recommend that space for the pc hopefully you have a rig to play it though but regardless um my point is you know that space is a very very well designed game and you know the assets the sound design the, the art direction and everything just you know make a very very good package all around um and of course the hub system woo, amazing i mean you know just how interactive everything is that you never actually go into a menu system that is something you've never seen before i've never seen before in a game and it's just so so cool and very very well implemented um the navigation on it is kind of weird actually in that i really have to mess around with my keyboard use the arrow keys and everything although you do have the option to use the second mouse button right but anyway um you know since i never played any of the console versions or anything and probably will never have to play the console versions then i think the control scheme is actually pretty good i mean you know since i have nothing to compare it to then i'm gonna say that it's good much like any other control scheme it takes some getting used to but come on the learning curve was just like 20 minutes or less even so you know not much of a hassle oh and something else i'm not really sure and i think i'll end with this point i'm not really sure but i'm really really excited to finish the game because after all my save points so it tells you where you are how long you've been in the game and it says at the very end round one so i'm thinking there is going to be some sort of a new game plus feature in the game that once you finish the game kind of like resident evil 4 it allows you to start a new game but with all the upgrades you've had, all the weapons, all the items you've already collected from the previous game, and play another round. And to me, you know, that is just an amazing feature for replayability. I mean, to me, that is the ultimate replayability thing that you can have in a game, to actually give the player all the things that they've worked hard for in a previous game and give it to them again when they start a new game. So, you know, that's just amazing, and I think that trumps definitely... um, Bioshock and Gears of War in that sense. Because, you know, um, the whole replayability of Gears of War and Bioshock, as much as I love Bioshock and as much as I also like pretty much um, Gears of War, what they lacked is really that incentive to play another game. I mean, yeah, find a higher difficulty and everything, get the achievements and everything. But, you know, um, really just giving the player everything they worked hard for in a previous game is really what motivates a player like me at the very least to play another game and keep playing and playing until you reach pretty much godlike status i mean you know i guess that's the rpg player in me that i play rpgs to just really become a god up to level 100 or whatever that maximum level cap is you know that's how i play games and that's how i enjoy it that basically it gives you know being a god in the game or quote-unquote god gives you all that much control over the game. Because, you know, at the end of the day, that's really what is appealing about video games, right? That sense of control they give you. How you are omniscient in the sense that... Not omniscient. How you are, yeah, godly, basically, in the game. That you control this character and you control everything else. That you basically can blow everything apart if you wanted to. And just really, really, you know, basically be the... um, whatchamacallit, it, um, the ex machina, I don't know what you call it, the hand of God thing in the game, right? Basically, 
it allows you to do that, this new game plus plus feature, to be able to have all that more sense of control over the game. And, you know, since you know the game uh, already, having played through it once, then it's so much more satisfying to have all these weapons, all this ammunition at your disposal and just kill everything, you know, that's that to me, I'm really, really looking forward to in Dead Space. And, you know, um, definitely a game over for me. I'll probably play this game at least one more time through, if not a third time through. Um, definitely, definitely a good game and a very, very good buy as well. Um, quite cheap and so, so cool, so cool. So, basically if you have um, some more room in your pockets for this fall, for this holiday season and you have no idea what to get and I would actually basically recommend Dead Space there you go Um, let's move on twinkle twinkle little star how I wonder what you are up above the world so Like a diamond in the sky When the blazing sun is gone When the nothing shines upon Then you show your little So this week in Sandbox, I'd like to talk about the games coming out this fall. Or, of course, fall in the, in the U.S. at least. Um, and you know how it is every year during the, this holiday season. You know, this avalanche of games just suddenly just uh, throws itself to you. And it's a nightmare for people like me, for, you know, gamers like me who would really love to play all these games. But realistically speaking, just we don't have that much money to play all these games together. And I would like to own all of them, but simply can't. I mean, like last year, like what games are we talking about? We have Bioshock, we have Halo 3, we have... Um, Call of Duty 4. Um, what other games did I think? Uh, Assassin's Creed was there. Um, and all these, you know, slew of AAA titles that really come up um, together on, all at once. And it just creates this logistical nightmare, I suppose, that you just don't know where to go, what games to buy, because you just want to support all of these crazy, amazing teams that make these games. But realistically speaking, you just simply can't, right? And... Um, you know, uh, it's just cr- a crazy time, and you know, I'm just really, really excited. Was, first of all, you know, a rundown of all the games that are coming out, or at least the ones that I can remember. For the PC, you have things like Fallout 3, um, Far Cry 2, which already came out, Wrath of the Lich King, for all you WoW fans over there, and Left for Dead by Valve. Amazing. For the Xbox 360, you have Fable 2 and Years of War 2. Um, all both sequels, so you know, eh, I'm not so excited about all those releases for the 360. Um, PS3, you have Little Big Planet, you have the long awaited Bioshock um, rendition of the PS3, which I'll probably pick up because I don't have Bioshock just yet. Um, I'm not really sure how much different it is from the last Bioshock, though. I mean, if it's not all that different, I'll probably just get it for the PC then. Um, but anyway, and of course you have Resistance 2 as well. Um, Insomniac, um, although I've never, I'm, I'm really, really ashamed to say that I've never played any Insomniac game ever, but 
you know, I've heard good things about the company. I respect them very, very much. And, you know, um, once I get my PS3, I'll probably be getting um, Ratchet and Clank, um, Tools of Destruction. I don't know. Sorry. Um, oh, wow. Um, was it uh, Tools of Destruction? Or something. I actually forgot. Uh, but anyway, the latest Ratchet and Clank and, of course, the, the, the expansion pack if that's what you want to call it, or episodic, whatever. Quest for Booty, there. Uh, that I remember. Um, anyway, um, so Resistance 2 is probably also going to be in my list of games to buy, because, you know, people have been giving it a lot of praise. I personally do not really see all that much mm, innovation in the game, I suppose. I mean, I know the multiplayer is amazing, like 40 people, 50 people. Multiplayer is amazing, but like I said, I mean, you know, I'm not much of a multiplayer guy, but, you know, I really think that the campaign um, of this game will be more than sufficient to really be worth a purchase, so I'll probably be getting that too. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, I'll talk about it on a future highest score, um, highest score segment most probably, but, so, you know, um, take that with a grain of salt. I'm not really sure which ones I'm really, really going to buy from this list. But, you know, I'm just saying things at the top of my head. Um, for the DS, you have Chrono Trigger. That's, what, that's all I remember, really. And for the Wii, actually, I have no idea. I mean, Wario Shape just came out, but definitely not something, you know, I'm willing to spend a lot of money on. If I had, you know, if I were rich, I'd probably buy it because I just want to support everybody. But, you know, I actually don't know what's coming out for the Wii, to be honest. Um, Wii Sports 2, I don't even know the release date of that thing. Um, how about Wii Fitness, maybe? Yeah, um, it's alright, it's alright, but it's expensive again, so I don't know. So anyway, um, all of these games are going to come out in the next few months. Or in the next month, actually. And really what I'm really looking forward to the most is Little Big Planet, of course. And a lot of people are going to probably be going crazy for Gears of War 2. Um, Fable 2 has come out already, received critical acclaim, but I'm not really sure how successful it's going to be in the market. And for the PC, it's pretty, pretty, a pretty, pretty good um, lineup, actually. Fallout 3, Far Cry 2, and Left 4 Dead. I mean, all those. I mean, <laughs> that's even without WoW on the list yet. And those are all three amazing games. Far Cry 2 has received very, very good reviews so far. Hopefully, maybe I, I can talk about that in a, a future episode as well. Um, and definitely the, the fact that it's for the PC is so much more appealing because it's going to be way cheaper for us at least here in the Philippines. Um, Fallout 3 is definitely going to be massive, massive, a massive success from the very start. And, you know, I probably might want to pick that up because the longevity of this game is definitely going to be worth all the money you're going to be spending on it. And, you know, uh, since I have a nice rig anyway, why not follow up Dead Space with something really, really cool, too? And Left 4 Dead. I mean, dude, uh, I, I can't say enough good things about Valve. I'm really, really happy that they're coming out with this game. It's a very unique game. Again, it's one of those things that I think will... It's not no Big Planet, um, but, you know, it's definitely going to nudge the industry in the right direction. Um you know, get the creative juices flowing. Um, just how different this game is from other shoot- first-person shooters. It's just refreshing. And, you know, anything from Valve is pretty much gold, right? Um, 
they're sort of like second only to Blizzard in my mind as a company who releases very, very only quality stuff and anything they release basically becomes a success. Um, of course, I can't say the same thing about, I guess, maybe Team Fortress 2, but then again, you know, it came with an orange box, so, you know, Portal was definitely a success. All the episodic content of Half-Life was definitely a success, so I guess, you know, by transitivity or something, um, Team Fortress 2 was also successful too. Although, you know, um, I don't know, it just doesn't seem all that popular to me, or at least maybe I haven't heard from the community at all. But, you know, Team Fortress has always been a game that I've actually really liked. Um, from a purely artistic standpoint alone, I think it's an amazing, amazing game. I mean, I the the amount of polygons of those characters are pretty small, I think, because you can see the... The, the jagged edges, the, the points and everything, but still it looks freaking amazing, so you know, all of that, so yeah, um, it's a pretty good season, it's a pretty good year this year, I'm not really sure if it's going to trump 2007 as the gaming year of, I mean the gaming year to end all gaming years and everything, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, um, Mirror's Edge is coming out as well, which I'm very excited about, um, still We'll see how the reviews go on whether or not I'm going to buy this game. And of course, Rock Band 2 and Guitar Hero World Tour, which is very interesting to me because I was so bent on just buying Rock Band 2. And, but then again, Guitar Hero World Tour suddenly came out. I have Guitar Hero 2 and 3 um, for the PS2. But, you know, if I am going next-gen and everything for the PS3, then... I'm still having a hard time deciding whether or not I should get Rock Band 2 or Guitar Hero. I mean, I've heard rumors or news that the instruments are going to be compatible across games, but I also just read on Joystick just now that, you know, I'm using... I forget whether it was Rock Band instruments or Guitar Hero instruments on Rock Band. doesn't really work that well. Um... Whereas the 360, on the PS3, that is. The 360 version seems, they, you know, they don't seem to have problems with that version in terms of, you know, um, the exchangeability of all the instruments. But, you know, <sighs> bad news for me or PS3 owners out there that, you know, it's a problem with the PS3 versions of these games, or, or at least these instruments. I mean, I would be the happiest person in the world if I could just buy, you know... Um, I guess a rock band guitar and the guitar hero um what do you call this drum set so because you know that's just how i you know i just like the the feel of the guitar of rock band more and of course the additional symbols of um guitar hero are all are is pretty sweet so you know i'm i'm again i'm not gonna talk as i I'm not going to give my final word on any of this, but I'm very, very excited to buy one of these things, definitely, because it's just so fun. I mean, it's one of the best stress reliever games ever out there. If you just want to play for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and be completely satisfied, then you have to play, you know, this these rhythm games, definitely, especially Guitar Hero or Rock Band. So that being said, you know, um, hopefully it's going to be a great, great, holiday season this year hopefully you guys agree with me i'm definitely very very excited i'm so happy with the games that have come out and are coming out and you know for me as a gamer and i'm just really really happy because i think it's going to be an amazing 
um, holiday season for the industry as well, earning a lot of money despite you know the economic crisis, the global economic crisis. I think the video game industry is very very healthy because you know it's an industry that isn't for selfish people. I mean, the people here who dedicate themselves to the industry are very very skilled, passionate people, and yet you know. Um, they don't get paid as much, I think, you know. They're not millionaires or anything, but they do what they do because they love what they do. And it just shows, right, that there's not much inflation come going around in the video game industry. I mean, games pretty much cost the same as they ever did, and that's just a real testament to how great the gaming industry is and how great the people in the industry are. So, you know, um, my love to the video game industry and to the people who really push it forward and continue to make it an amazing entertainment medium and you know um happy holidays to everybody and i'm definitely gonna have a good holiday so anyway just to end this podcast next week hopefully i'll be talking to you about some more games and looking forward to it so thanks for joining me this week and i'll see you then